0: chapter eight of st charles borromeo a sketch of the reforming cardinal by louise m stackpole this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by maria Therese. chapter eight a nest of saints Pius the fourth lay on his deathbed beside him knelt his nephew charles borromeo cardinal archbishop of milan his friend father philip neri founder of the oratory and the two holy cardinals sir Leto and and these four devoted friends remained with the dying man until he breathed his last praying and tending him charles broke the news to him that his hours were numbered saying earnestly i implore your holiness to think no more of the affairs of this world nor even be any longer solicitous about the welfare of the church give your whole heart and soul to preparing for eternity i ask you to add this favor to the many you have already conferred upon me when he heard the dear voice speaking to him in accents of sincere affection the venerable pontiff roused himself from the lethargy into which he was falling charles held a crucifix to his lips he devoutly kissed it then with a sweet smile he thanked his nephew and again kissed the image of our redeemer charles administered to him extreme unction and the holy viaticum and continued in prayer by his bedside never leaving him even for a moment the pope retained consciousness to the end and passed quietly away pronouncing in the clear voice holy simeon's words Nuncumitis servuntuum domine secundum verbuntuum in pace he expired on december tenth fifteen sixty five in the sixty-sixth year of his age and the seventh of his pontificate he was one of the most distinguished of the successors of st peter for it was he who brought to a successful termination the greatest of the councils he did much to heal dissension among christian kings and princes and caused peace and concord to reign not only in the church but in the world he ably and generously helped with men and money the knights of Jerusalem in their struggle against the Turks, and he induced the king of Spain also to send to their assistance troops and money. What he did for the eternal city is graphically and concisely expressed in the following epigram: Marmorium me fecit eram cum Caesar aria sub quarto, sumodo facta pio. It is much the same in the case of popes as of kings: le roi est mort, vive le roi only a longer time has necessary to elapse between the burial of the dead potentate and the election of his successor the cardinals must meet in conclave they must by fervent prayer long watching and rigorous fasting implore the guidance of the holy ghost on january 7th 1566 cardinal Alessandrino was unanimously elected he had been the devoted friend and disciple of paul the fourth but although he resembled the austere and stern pontiff in many ways He was of a kindlier and more sympathetic nature. He had all the good qualities and none of the faults of his severe predecessor. He was, like Paul, strictly just, unbending, austere, humble, but he was also affable, kind-hearted, courteous, and easy of access. He lived with the utmost frugality and simplicity amidst the splendors of the Vatican. He was at everyone's beck and call. Particularly was he accessible to the poor and needy. He never refused to see them, Indeed, he welcomed them with warm geniality, and always did his utmost to lighten their heavy burdens. His heart and purse were both at the disposal of the dirtiest and most ragged beggars in his dominions. This was an added bond between him, Charles, and Philip. All three loved the poor with passionate fervor, and though they differed in other traits, in this they were as one. Their friendship deepened daily. The sovereign pontiff implored Charles to remain in Rome and help him in his onerous duties. But the archbishop could not forget his see, could not forget those wandering shepherds and sheep of his that were so sorely in need of a head. Too long the pastors and people of Milan had been without a master. They had been led astray by strange doctrines, they had followed wandering lights, but they had not lost the faith. They were still loyal children of Peter, but if left longer to their own devices, they might, like their Swiss neighbors at the other side of the Alps, fall into heresy and unbelief. Charles realized this, He felt convinced that a strong hand and a steady head were necessary to bring order into the chaos, and he knew that it was God's will, that his should be the hand, his the head, to accomplish this glorious work. Finally he prevailed on Pius V to allow him to set out. Cardinal Alessandrino had taken the name of Pius, and he is venerated in the church as St. Pius V. Before starting, Charles endeavored to persuade St. Philip Neri to give him If not his two most distinguished and most loved sons to and cesare baronio at least two or three of the less well-known ones in order to found a congregation of secular priests in milan such as philip had already started in rome and which in 1575 was canonically erected into the congregation of the oratory father philip listened and promised later on if possible to send a couple of the fathers but he did not seem very confident of being able to do so He, however, smiled kindly on the archbishop, remarking playfully, You are an unconscionable robber, and always want to carry off the best men with you. This was true. Charles, with his wonderful gift of discerning the capacity of men, was generally successful in bringing to Milan holy and virtuous priests, as well as men of learning and piety. This refusal to grant at once the cardinal's request did not, however, cause any break in the friendship between the two saints during the three months spent in rome the intimacy between him and father philip deepened and their affection for each other grew warmer day by day indeed the archbishop held the humble priest in such veneration that he frequently knelt before him and kissed his hand begging him to bless him and to pray for him with the jesuits the archbishop was more successful for he succeeded in obtaining some subjects from st francis borgia who had been elected general of the order on the death of laianus a short time previously Charles and the former Duke of Gandia became good friends. The archbishop in later years, proving the value and sincerity of his affection in a very munificent manner, giving at the request of St. Francis Borgia a large sum of money towards the erection of the present church of the Gesu. Probably in spite of his ardent longing to commence his task of reforming the Diocese of Milan, Charles felt a pang of poignant regret on wishing farewell to that bevy of saints, the holy and austere pontiff, St. Pius V., the genial, devoted priest, St. Philip Neri, and the ascetical, noble-minded general of the Jesuits, St. Francis Borgia. Then there were other very dear and saintly friends of his, though they have not yet been canonized. There was Cesare Baronio, erudite yet simple, Philip's favorite son, who afterwards became a cardinal and a famous writer. There were generous, enthusiastic, Francesco Maria Turugi, who in his day was papal legate in Spain, France, and Portugal archbishop of avignon then of siena founder of the oratory at naples and a cardinal of the church but finally resigned all his dignities and died a humble filipino at the vallicella then there was his director the wise and prudent jesuit father ribera and there was that other charming high-spirited warm-hearted son of st ignatius pedro verbodenari he who had been os santos special pet the wild boy who had by turns tormented and delighted the state community whom Ignatius had always defended, telling the chiding fathers that the lad will one day be a holy man, doing great things for God and his church. The prophecy was verified, for Peter who up to this had done much, was to do more for the salvation of souls, and, among his many and great deeds, the writing of the life of his loved and venerated father, is surely, if not one of the greatest one which has earned for him the undying gratitude of posterity. At this period, Ribadonere was rector of the Roman college, filling that important position with energy and tact. To all these great and good men, Charles said farewell, leaving Rome late in March, and traveling quickly to Milan. En route he spent a short time at Loretto to visit the Holy House. An overwhelming devotion compels me to go there, he wrote to his sister Anna Colonna. That sentiment often brought him there again, but this time he could not tarry long. For he hastened northwards, arriving in Milan on Friday, April 5th. I purposely arrived unexpectedly on Friday, he wrote to Anna Colonna, for I was determined to avoid a triumphal entry and to prevent crowds of zealous people from coming to meet and pay their respects to me. End of chapter 8.